0: Never mind. Okay, it's good to be together. This week I've been, uh, well, the last two weeks, actually, I've been back at school and recall back to just to teach my old classes as the teacher who took my place was away, and one of the things that we were doing with the year 12 biology was microscope work, and uh, hands up those who have looked down a microscope, okay, hands up those who saw anything, (laughs) yeah, so well, the lesson had be going about twenty minutes, twenty five minutes, and uh, they had prepared some slides and we were looking down then. finally, one guy said, "Sir, can you come and help me, please?" He said, "I can't see anything down here." And sure enough, when I looked down, I couldn't see anything either. What was wrong? Focus. Yeah, I needed to focus it. And so looking down, the microscope had just took the focus knob and focused down, down, down. Then all of a sudden, up came what the cells that, they, that he was trying to find and he couldn't find them anywhere. The reason was the old microscope was way out of focus. You know, when we put our glasses on, it's those of us who need glasses. It looks different. The world looks different. If you've got a lens... Then you can focus. And you know, faith is the lens that focuses our life so we can see what God wants us to see. Because many times we, we, we can't see it. We read in the Word of God some things, and when we look at our lives, and the, the, the two don't seem to match sometimes. But it's faith that brings God's will into focus. It's faith that enables us to to see what God is doing. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. In fact, most of the time, you can't even see the possibilities that God has for us. So this morning, I thought, I think on focus, it'd be good to talk about the faith that focuses on the answer. Too often, we focus on the problem. In fact, even when we pray, many times i found myself just praying the problem. And guess what? You don't need faith for the problem. You've already got it. And if you just keep praying the problem, all you're doing really is reinforcing the problem. You see, faith doesn't deal with the problem. You don't need faith for a problem. You need faith for the answer. And you need to learn, and this morning I want to teach you how to begin to pray the answers rather than just keep praying the problem. Many times people fail to see their prayers answered simply because much of their prayer and much of their faith seems to be around the problem. See, the problem is in the present. Faith does not deal with the present. You, do, you don't need faith for the present. Faith deals with the future. And so we need to refocus our praying, we need to refocus our faith. If you look at Genesis chapter 11 and verse 27, it's going to come up on the screen in a minute. We can see that. Here it comes. What is it? Genesis chapter 13 and verse 14 and 15. Look at this verse here. And the Lord said to Abraham after Lot had separated from her, Lift your eyes now and look from the place where you are. Northward, southward, eastward and westward. For all the land which you see, I give to you and to your descendants forever. God wanted Abraham, who was to become the father of our faith, to be able to operate in the area of faith. And God said, he can't see what I want to give him. And so he says to Abraham, look up. From where you are. And as far as you can see, that's what I can give you. See, if you can't see what God wants to do, you'll never have the faith to rise up and get it. If you can't see the possibilities of, of, of what God wants for your life or, and what I, God wants for my life, if I can't see it, I'll never chase after it. I'll never pursue it. If you can't see the possibility of being healed, you'll never have the faith to be healed. If you can't see the possibility of walking in relationship with God through through giving your life to him, you'll, you'll never take the opportunities that are there to, to open your life to him. Somebody said, What you can perceive, you can achieve. But if you can't see it, if you can't, if it's not in focus for you. <laughs> Look at the next verse. Then he brought him outside and said, Look now toward heaven and count the stars, if you're able to number them. And he said to him, So shall your descendants be. And he believed in the Lord, and he accounted it to him for righteousness. Abraham. You see, he was having trouble believing for a child. Well, you would have when you're getting into the 90s. And God said, no, you can't see it. And God's thinking, how can I get this guy to see what I want to do for him? So he takes him outside the tent. And in the desert, the clouds have gone and it's a clear sky and he says to him, look up there. And, and, and How many stars can you see? Zillions. How many can you see? That's how many children. That's, that's going to be the, the offspring that you're going to have. And the Bible simply says that when he saw it, he believed. And God knows how we function. He created us. And he knows that unless we can see the possibility... We most often will just never go for it. And so we need to focus on the answer. When he looked at his problem, he was in his 90s and his wife wasn't much less. But when he looked at what God could see, he started to believe. And so it is with you and I. We need to be able to see what God can see. Some of you will know the story of of Ezekiel in Ezekiel chapter 37 where it talks about the valley of dry bones. Hands up those who know about the valley of dry bones. If you're not sure about it, if you go to the book of Ezekiel, you'll find it in chapter 37. And here again, the prophet is faced with a valley that has been full of human bones. It was probably where they were defeated years back. And so here's all these soldiers that have been killed and their their bones have been out in the sun and they're dry and they're just all, the animals have been in there and they're all just disconnected. And God says to Ezekiel, can these bones live? See, God is about to create an army out of these dry bones. And he needs Ezekiel to cooperate with him. So he asks him, he says, can these bones live? And Ezekiel looks at the valley of dry bones and he's smart enough not to say, no God, you could never do that. So he says, Lord, you know which was a very good answer. And God says, I want you to begin to prophesy and over these bones and command them to live. Because this is my will concerning that. And so it says there in Ezekiel chapter 37 that he... Ezekiel begins to prophesy that these bones will come to life. And sure enough, as he begins to speak the will of God, as he begins to see the possibility of what God can do, those bones begin to move and God begins to create something out of seemingly nothing. And we need to get hold and we need to be able to see what God can do because prophecy is foretelling what God is about to do. God can see what He wants to do, and sometimes He needs to share that with you and I, so we will see what He can see. And we will begin to focus on what God wants to do for us. And then we need to begin to speak those things into being, and to begin to pray the answer, and to begin to speak the answer. If we, Ezekiel stood there by the bones and said, "Lord, this is hopeless." Lord, look at this valley of dry bones. Oh, God, I've got a problem here. You're asking me to create an army out of it, but all I've got is dry bones. Lord, can't you see I've got just dry bones? And he could be saying that for the next 20 years, and God has no faith to work with. Because in the kingdom of heaven, faith moves things. So here he is. Remember reading the story of Pastor yong cho who has a, has a church in South Korea, in Seoul, Korea, that now numbers over a million people. You will agree that that is quite a large church. In fact, when he has his Connect Group leaders' meetings, he has to take a football stadium that seats more than 50,000. So you and I have a concept of that. But this is a, me- a mega church. But when he was young, and a young pastor just starting out, he used to preach. And one day, one of his deacons came to him and said, Pastor, we've noticed that when you start to preach, you preach with your eyes closed. Why do you do that? Are we that ugly? He said, no, no. He says there's nothing like that. He says, the thing is, he said, when I, when I open my eyes and preach, I can see a 100 people. But he says, when I close my eyes, he says, I can see a thousand. And he says, I preach better to a crowd. (laughs) You see, he was believing for God to increase his church. He was believing for people to get saved. He was believing for lives to be changed. But when he looked around, you see, he could just see a hundred there. But when he closed his eyes, he could see a thousand. You see, you can see further with your eyes closed than when they're open. Because with your physical eyes, you can see the problem. With your physical eyes, you can see what is here now. But when you close your eyes by faith and begin to focus your mind and focus your being on what God wants to get happening... Then you begin to rise in faith and you begin to cooperate with God and your spirit begins to rise in faith and things begin to happen because God begins to move by his spirit according to your faith. Remember Jesus said to the people, according to your faith, be it unto you. But so often we're caught up with the problem and then we pray the problem. Remember years ago there was a lady uh, in, uh, in Blenheim where we were and uh, her father-in-law was dying of cancer. And uh, she uh, wanted to pray for, for her father-in-law and was doing so but she didn't seem to have much faith for him. In fact, they opened him up, the surgeons opened him up and they, to have a look and see how, how this cancer was and they just closed him up. And said, sir, um, you're full of cancer. You've only got a few weeks to live. And uh, his his daughter-in-law had heard me speak about seeing the answers. And she was sitting at her, working away at her kitchen sink out on the farm up in the Wairau Valley in, in, in Marlborough. And she said, Lord, what's the answer to this? And she no sooner said that than she saw on her windowsill a, a, a jar of split peas, dry and wrinkled. And it caught her attention. And she, she said, and she began, Lord, could you make th- those cancer tumours cause them to dry and to wither and make them like those split peas? And so she began, she just began to speak that over her father-in-law. Every time she came to the kitchen sink, which was quite often, she would see the, said, Lord, let the, his cancer become like these dried split peas. Lord, let his cancer become like this. Well, he didn't die. Weeks went by, months went by, and about six months later, the surgeon said, this is strange. I think we should open you up again and have a look and see what's been happening. So they did. She was waiting out in the waiting room. And finally, after the operation, the surgeon came out. And she rose and said, how is he? How is he? And the surgeon said, that's a very strange thing, he said. said, we opened him up and where all the cancer was. She said, all through his body cavity, we found these. And he had a handful of dried, withered, looking like split peas. And he had a jar of them. He said, This is all we found. He's totally clear of cancer. See, she began to pray the answer. God gave her a picture of what he wanted to do in that man's life. And she latched onto that and began to pray the answer. And she began to focus on the answer, not on the problem. And God said in heaven, hallelujah, there is somebody that sees what I want to do. I can work with that, he says. God began to do some things. You see, we have, can I have the next slide up please, look at this. We have to change the picture if we're going to change the performance. You and I, when we come to prayer, remember just a few weeks ago with the Irish pastor that was here? And and he he said, I've discovered that I only need to ask once. And after that, begin to thank him for the answer. I said, yeah, in my heart, I said, yeah, you're on it. And so often, you know, we think we have to keep our, We think we've got to get God's arm up his back. That somehow God is a reluctant God to bless us. And if we get his arm up hop his back far enough, he'll finally say, Oh, for goodness sake, I'll have to do something. He's not like our human fathers. (laughs) He wants to bless. You imagine I have four children. Imagine if I came home when I was younger when the children were at home and said, Dad, you know, can we have some food? Can we have some, and every day they pestered me. Lord, this, you know, you'd get tired of that, wouldn't you? They just kept asking, asking, asking. God's a good God. He wants to bless us. He wants to give us. But you've got to see what he wants to do. You've got to get the right focus. You've got to read the book and find out what God wants to do for you. You've got to find the answer because if you start praying and you discover what the will of God is for that situation, Hallelujah! And you begin to focus on the answer, you're giving God faith, and He's going to start working on your behalf. I used to do that when I was young, and I was had a little pastoring a little church in Blenheim, and, and, and when I used to get in that little church, I used to pray that one day it would be full. My congregation at that point was, was 11 people, then one left. That was 10, and five of them were my family. But my, little, my church was seven paces long. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And I could pray in that church with my eyes closed. Back and forth. and I would believe God and say, "Lord, thank you." One day, this little hall is going to be filled with people, and I would say, thank you, Lord. every seat, so, Lord, fill these seats. Every seat, let them be full. One day, Father, I thank you. You see, I discovered that God's would be would be more pleased with a church full than a church half full. Do you think that? What would what would be what would be better? What would God Make God happier. The church here as it is or whether it was packed from here back to there with people. What do you think? See, you're not sure. (laughs) I think God would be thrilled if it was filled with people that had given their hearts to Jesus and it was packed to capacity. So I have no difficulty in praying that God will fill every church in town. Hallelujah. With people who are worshipping and praising God So we need to think about. Look at, let's go to Hebrews. uh, Where are we? I've lost my notes here somewhere. I've got, I'm going to put this over here because it keeps coming up and it's page one. (laughs) Otherwise, I'll go back to page one. We have to change the picture if we're going to change the performance. It is no use praying the problem. I'm trying to get this through. Lord, I am sick. Lord, and the next day you pray, Lord, I am still sick. Day three, Lord, you know I'm sick and I'm getting worse. And the Lord says, yes, I can see that. And you say on the fourth day, Lord, this is terrible. What are we doing? We're praying the problem. We say, Lord, you know my children, my teenagers are all rebellious and they are gone away from you. Oh, dear God, help me. Lord, oh God, they're getting worse. Last year they were bad, but this year, Lord, can, and the Lord says, I can see that. You're in big trouble. <laughs> and so are they. You know, and, and we, could, we could pray all these things. And, and Lord, save my family, save my children. Somewhere along the line, we have to refocus. And think, Lord, what would the answer be? And begin to see yourself well again. Say, thank you, Lord, that you're a God who heals. And I'm believing today I'm getting better. And tomorrow I'll be better still because you are healing me today. Hallelujah. I know I'm sick today, but I'll be better tomorrow. Lord, and what would be the answer for your children? See them coming home. By faith, see them returning like the prodigals of old. See them coming and saying, "Mom, Dad, thank you for loving me. You were right all the time. And see you gathering around them and see you having fun with them and their children again. And see, see them just being free from their addictions and free from... Picture those things and you must say, Lord, this is the will of God concerning them. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Hallelujah. And see them serving the Lord and get that picture in your heart and begin to call it into being. You shall decree a thing and it will be established unto you and light will shine upon your pathway. But if you don't start decreeing God's answers, then he has very little to work with. And the Holy Spirit becomes limited in what he can do because of our lack of faith. Because we're caught with the problem. If you've got children and family who are unsaved and mum and dad, and it and, and, and you, you might be your mum and dad, then pray, get a picture of them standing with you in church one day and worshipping. And Here you are. See what God can do. Hallelujah. See what is the will of God concerning them and begin to call it into being and begin to let your faith loose. Hallelujah. And begin to agree with God by faith about his answers. When the little church, little hall was filled in Blenheim the first Sunday in the bigger hall, I got all the people, and we were just the far in the next hall, we were just the front three rows. And all the rest was empty. So what did we do? I said, close your eyes. We're going to see this place full. See, by faith, you can see further than you can with these natural eyes. And we're going to declare, Lord, let this place be filled to overflowing. Let this... You know what? One day it was. And so on. You see, we need to get hold of the answers Look at this next thing slide. Revelation is what? Is the superimposing of God's plan over our natural circumstances. Revelation is seeing what God can do. And we need to put that over our, our presence We don't need to deny our present circumstances. God knows that. But we need to change the picture. And when God gives an answer of what his will is, then we need to superimpose that over our circumstances and then focus on that. Yeah. And things will begin to happen. Back in Genesis, look at this scripture here in Genesis uh, chapter 35, is it? Look at this scripture here. Jacob, and what was his wife's name? Starts with R, Rachel. Then they moved from Bethel, and while they were still some distance from Ephrath, Rachel began to give birth and had great difficulty. And as she was having great difficulty in childbirth, the wife's midwife said to her, don't despair, for you have another son. And as she breathed her last, for she was dying, she named her son ben Oni but his father named him Benjamin. Benoni means the, the son of my trouble. And Jacob heard her name her child, son of my trouble. And he thought, no, he's not going to live with that all his life. This is tragic enough without him having to, to live with the rest of his life because when we name that's the picture that he would have he said i name him i cancel that he said i name him benjamin which means the son of my right hand and you know what the father says matters when Father God begins to declare over your life and mind that we are more than a conqueror, then we are. Amen. When the Father says that all things are working together for good, and that revelation needs to over and superimpose over everything else that is happening. See, Jacob's name was a, his, 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 his word was what was it? A swindler or a deceiver. But God changes Says that's not good enough, son. And when he wrestled with God, God says, I'm going to change your name. And he called him Israel, which means a prince with God. Because all his life he was called deceiver. Come in, deceiver do this, deceiver do that, deceiver do the other. And he had a picture of himself in that situation. And God said, I'm going to change you. And I'm going to give you a new picture. You're going to be a prince with God. And as He's got that new picture. He changed. Simon Peter was the same. Simon means a wavering reed. One who will blow and change direction whichever way the wind is blowing. And God said, I'm going to change that. I'm going to call you no longer to be called Simon. You're going to be called Peter. And upon this rock, which means a rock, a stone, a strong stone. And they began, and you read through the book of Acts, and they call him Simon. Then a few chapters later, he's Simon Peter. Then a few chapters later they start calling him Peter, and he becomes that rock solid Christian and follower of Jesus Christ. Because Jesus changed the picture. Jesus changed the picture. I was reading this morning in First Corinthians chapter fifteen in my quiet time and I came across a scripture that's not going to be on the screen. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and it says this. And just as we have borne the likeness of the earthly man, so shall we bear the likeness of the man from heaven. Verse 49 it is. And just as we have borne the likeness of the earthly man, so shall we bear the likeness of the man from heaven. All of us wrestle with our earthly nature and it disappoints us. And sometimes we have prayed many times over, Lord, I'm hopeless. It's, this, this, I, I can't do it. I failed you again. I've done this. I've done that. And the other thing. But in the end, God is saying, yes, I can see all that but I have given you the possibility of bearing the likeness of my son Jesus. Focus on him. See yourself as that man. See, who do you see yourself as? That's who you'll become. And so we need to focus on the man. You know, we used to sing the old song, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. Look full, what does it say in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will go out of focus, will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and in his grace and so often our focus and our praying is about our problem, and we need to change our praying to to, to, to see ourselves as God sees us as a son of the Most High. You're not just an earthly daughter. You're a princess of the Most High God, of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Depends what you can see. Depends what you're focused on. God will change you. If you will begin to see, as God sees you, things will begin to change in your life. Look at this next one, and we're coming down now. The prayer of faith. You see, let your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth. What? As it is in heaven. The prayer of faith brings things out of heaven down to earth. When you can see what God can do in heaven, then you will have the faith to bring that to earth if you pray the answer and not the problem. You see, You can bring things out of the spiritual realm into this natural world. You can bring things out of darkness into the light. You can bring things from impossibility into the realm of possibilities by prayer, the prayer of faith. And the faith doesn't deal with the problem. Faith deals with what God can see. Faith deals with what is happening in heaven. And we have the power as new creation, men and women, to bring heaven to earth. Hallelujah. And faith, in prayer, praying, getting hold, get hold of the answers. We've got to get hold of the answers. We've got to see what God can see. Hebrews 11 and verse 1, what does it say? Here it comes. Faith is giving substance to the thing you are hoping for. It is the evidence of things not seen. Faith is giving substance to Now in that phrase, faith is giving substance to, in verse 1 of Hebrews chapter 11, that is in the present continuous tense. Faith is giving. It means it is giving, it shall giving, keep giving, and it always will be giving. Faith is giving substance. And so we can interpret, faith is now giving substance to the thing that you are hoping for. It is the evidence of things That when you close your eyes, you can still see. Moses endured as seeing him who is invisible. What can you see when you close your eyes? Now, the minute you begin to see with the purpose of God in your life and you see God's answer for something and you focus on that, I tell you, that faith will start giving substance to the thing that you are hoping for. It will start to build it in the invisible realm of the spirit world. We are spiritual beings and we need to be able to see the answer. Faith is now, every day I believe for salvation for for my family. Hallelujah. God is giving substance to that to to, to that prayer. Every day I am believing for divine healing. Faith is now giving substance to the thing that I'm hoping for. Yes? Hallelujah. These things begin. Every day I believe for people to get saved, my faith is giving substance to the thing that I'm hoping for. And so we need to live in that sort of a realm and we need to begin to believe God for these things. Jenny was a person who took in foster children. She had many of them in her home over the years. And Jenny, one day their stove broke and they had a stove and she always had, if you went for lunch to Jenny's place, there was always at least a dozen, 15 people, mainly teenagers, that she was looking after with her husband, but her stove broke and she couldn't, wouldn't work properly. Anyway, she decided she needed a new stove. She went down and she looked down at farmers and she said, this is what the stove, but it was far too expensive for They had very little money and she didn't have it. But anyway, she began to pray and she, she said, Lord, that stove, that stove, I need that stove. And she began to pray, Lord, thank you for my stove. Lord, I see my stove. Thank you very much, Lord. I see you creating this. I don't know how you're going to do it, but Lord, I'm believing for the stove. Somehow you're going to supply. Thank you, Lord. And every, each day she would just thank the Lord for a brand new stove so she could cook for all these kids that were in her house. One day she was, she was, she was at her kitchen sink and she looked out the window and to her amazement, she saw in the sky angels, a V of angels coming down and they were angel, 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 angel angel, coming over the Wither Hills and Blenheim and there they were and she looked and at the V to her amazement they were carrying her stove (laughs) and she said thank you Lord it's on the way so she began to praise God, say thank you for my stove. Three days later there was a knock on the door she opened the door and the man said, good morning. We're from Farmers and uh, we're delivering your stove. She said, thank you very much. Come on in. They took out the old stove. They installed the new stove. And she looked at it and she said, this is marvellous. Thank you, Lord, for my new stove. To this day, she does not know how that stove arrived or why, or who sent it, or who paid for it, or who whatever. All she said was, thank you, Lord, for my stove. Every day she believed her faith was giving substance to the thing that she was hoping for. One day I was preaching, and this is the last story. One day I was preaching in Fiji, and I preached something like this. And then I said to all these pastors in Fiji, I said, look, let's take a few minutes and let's believe God for your dream. What is your dream? What is God's will concerning you? And they said, oh, they, so they're all sitting there and they have faith. I said, all right. I said, we're going to just spend a few minutes and we're going to believe God for this. Whatever it is, close your eyes. I stand all, they all stood together and I said, now Close your eyes now take a minute and begin to see what god's best would be for you and you see all these guys like this and they all close and i said have you can you see the answers and they said yeah i said all right we're going to spend the next 5 minutes or so and you can walk around, you can go outside, you can walk around, and I want you just to thank God for your own. I want you to focus on God's answer for you and begin to thank him for it. Forget the problems, forget the impossibilities, forget that it doesn't exist right now, forget, just begin to thank God. for And then I saw my mate who'd come with me, Graham, and he was there, and all of a sudden, he's outside. I can hear, I can see him way out there. And he's out in, the, uh, out in the bush there and he's shouting, he's jumping, he's, thank you, Lord. Oh, God, thank you. I can see it, Lord. I've got it. I said, I said, after, I said, what the hang were you doing? He said, I got my house. I said, what do you mean you got your house? He said, I've, I I'm believing it. it was impossible for him to have a house. He'd been in the Salvation Army and they don't supply any houses and he'd come into... Our churches, and he was—he he didn't have—they didn't have any money. But he wanted to supply a house for his family. You see, faith lassoes God's answer. Faith puts a puts a lasso around God's will, and every day you have faith for it, you begin to pull it in, and you begin to pull it out of heaven. And you say, thank you, Lord. I can see the answer. I can see what you want to do. And I'm believing you, Lord, for a miracle. If it takes a miracle, then Lord, let it happen. And you gradually pull the thing out of darkness into life. You pull it out of impossibility into possibilities. You get a lasso of faith on it. And every day that you believe your faith is giving substance to the thing that you're hoping for. He said, I got my house today. He got home back, to, back into Auckland and it began to happen. Within a week, a fella turned up at the door. He said, look, he said, I've been developing sections and I want you to have the first one. And he gave him a section for a dollar in Auckland. Might be worth a bit more today. Then someone else, he got the plan. Architect says, look, I'll design your house for you. What do you want? He was a builder, so he started to build. People came from all over the place, electricians, plumbers, everything. Within a year, he built this house for virtually nothing. I went round on the opening day, of the housewarming time. Look, we were all gathered outside. He said, I got this house in Fiji by faith, and I've pulled it in, and here it is. Welcome to our beautiful two-storied home in the North Shore of Auckland. Friends, God is able to do these things for us, but we've got to be operating in the area of faith. Stop seeing yourself as a problem. See yourself as a Jesus person with His nature. Change the picture. Begin to thank God. You've asked Him. He's your loving Heavenly Father. He wants to bless you. Let's pray. Father, thank you. You're such a good God, Lord. And I just pray in Jesus' name that, Lord, that we will begin to believe you for miracles. That we begin to believe you, Lord, for, for for all the things that you've said, that you want to do for us. And that, Father, that we'll have faith and we'll begin to focus. Forgive us, Lord, for the times we've just focused and focused and focused on the problem. But today, Lord, we focus again. With the lens of faith and believe you for answers in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. While we're just praying, just maybe you've never given your life to God. You've just, it's just been an impossible thing. You've seen others, but it just has never come to you. But today you're sitting there and you think, yes, I need to bring my life into focus with God. I need to yield to him. I need to give in. I need to change the focus of my life. And friend, it starts with opening our life to Jesus and to inviting him to be our saviour and our Lord. He'll forgive you. He'll give you a brand new start. He'll enable you to see possibilities that you never ever saw for your life before. God is a good God and he's a loving heavenly father. You say him, pray for me, I will. Because Jesus said, if two of you shall agree touching anything, it shall be done. And if you'll give me the opportunity, I will agree with you about your salvation and about your starting a brand new life with Jesus as the Lord of your life. And if you like that this morning, then I'd love to agree with you. I'd love to pray with you that that new beginning can start this morning. And if you like that this morning, say, yes, Ian, I'm ready. I've thought about it. I'm ready to start. I'm ready to give my life to the Lord. Then let's agree about that. Let the transaction begin. And while others are just quiet and just praying, would you just lift your head to me, lift your eyes to me, give us a little wave. Make sure I see you. And then you and I can agree together and let this new life begin. Is there people like that? Just look up at me this morning and say, yes, I'm giving my life to the Lord this morning. Is there anyone at all? If I can't see, it's a little bit dark, then just give us a wave and I can see you. Yes, God bless you. As you open up fully to the Lord and just give you all of your life to him then things will will begin to change receive Jesus fully focus on him thank him for the answers God will begin to touch your life and to bless you the old is gone and the new is beginning is there anyone else you're saying yes I'm ready to give my life to the Lord just lift gives a wave I'll see you Things can happen in these moments. Father, thank you. Lord, this morning, we just thank you and praise you for all that you are. And I pray that we'll go out of this place believing you. Let's all stand together. One thing. I want you to think of one answer that you would love God to do for you. Can you see the answer? Can you see what God wants to do for you? What would it look like? Imagine it. Listen, the devils have used our imagination for years. Why don't we let the Holy Spirit use them? Okay? If you can see, if you, if you can see the answer, if you can see something that you would love God, just close your eyes and see it. I've got something in mind right now. We're going to pray. Lord Jesus you who rule heaven and earth Lord you see these dear people and you know Lord what they have need of and today they can see what you want and so Lord we pray together we say Lord let miracles begin to happen may they lasso this answer may they lasso your provision may they lasso these salvations in Jesus name may every day that they begin to thank you for it that your, Lord, faith will give substance to the thing that they're hoping for and miracles will happen in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, amen. Amen, God bless you.